0: Hi, I'm Sean Healy, and you're listening to Tools. Hi everyone, Sean Healy, NLP trainer and change agent here. And welcome to episode 84 of Sean Healy Tools, a podcast designed for supporting entrepreneurial couples, people in business partnership, and anyone looking for more tips, tools, and strategies to add to the quality of your life. So welcome to episode 84, entitled Looking at Affairs, part three. This is obviously the uh, final episode of a three-part series. There's so much um, around the whole field of affairs, so I certainly haven't been able to cover it all in the three episodes. But I hope that these episodes have have helped and given you a bit of guidelines and uh, around, I think, an area in our society that we need to be looking at more deeply. We need to be addressing in a different way and offering better support um, uh, across the board for being able to bounce back and recover from something that happens a lot. So in this particular episode, looking at uh, affairs part three, uh, mostly my focus on, in this episode will be, well, what do we do if um, what we dread comes to uh, be part of our relationship reality? Um, so in, in part two, we looked a little bit about some of the red flags, some of the warning signs, you know, if our partner suddenly changes a whole cluster of behaviours Um, All at once, that is not necessarily an indicator of that they're having an affair, but it's probably an indicator that something is going on for them and we need to check in um, at very least. You know, if all of a sudden they've lost a lot of weight, they've changed their dress style, they're spending a lot more time at work or purporting to, um, you know, a big tell sometimes is when our partners stop nitpicking and criticising us paradoxically because that can mean a couple of things, you know, when we're in relationship with someone and we're very attached to what they do and say and how they show up in the world because we feel that that's a reflection on us. Um, In reality, it isn't. Um, Each human being's their own set of behaviours, but when we're a bit enmeshed and and attached to what our partner does and says in public and and all of a sudden we're stopping um, uh, criticising or correcting our partner for, for the things that we think they're doing less than ideal, this sometimes can can mean that you know we've checked out, or um, I you know I'm not nitpicking and poking and over examining your behaviour because I don't want you to be over examining mine um, because you know that that might then expose um, some of the things that I'm doing, such as you know seeing somebody else on the side. So, but but like I said, one behavioural change is not necessarily we really are looking for a cluster of differences in the person that you know like i said doesn't infer that they're cheating but probably invites us to have a bit of a look or a bit of a check-in with them to see where they're at um so on with episode three but let's say for example um you know we've created the op you know we've 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 got strong suspicion or we've now got proof and we've sat down to uh confront our partner and we're making sure that that you know, we're doing that at a time and a place where we can, we can talk through things, um, uh, then what happens if our greatest fear is discovered? Um, then th- there's a number of ways in, in which we can look at that particular process um, because we are going to have potentially short-term devastation and chaos um, but at some stage, we will move through this phase um, and come back out the other side. And, and how specifically would we like to be on the other side of things? Because it doesn't necessarily matter whether we choose to stay with someone um, or we boot them out the door, so to speak. Um, that action does not necessarily mean healing and resolution. You know, so we can. Choose to stay with someone if they want to work on it with us too, and we can come out the other side even stronger than before. That's that's a definite possibility and a reality for some people. Um, we can choose to stay together and just spend the rest of our time in distance and punishing each other and mistrust and constant investigation and spying. Um, so we're under the same roof still, but we're even worse off than before. Um, or we can we can leave... Um, physically the relationship and, and end it, but, but not really let it go in our mind so that, you know, the next person we pair up with, we're, we're already dragging the behaviours of previous experiences into the new relationship so that it never really gets a chance um, to develop and flourish because we're already hyper suspicious um, of our new partner. Um, so that that begins to taint the, the next experience or the next few relationships because we haven't been able to re-establish a sense of trust. We've generalised, you know, the, in, from going from this one person I can't trust to now all people I can't trust or something like that. We've, we, we've overly generalised that that particular pattern in a negative kind of way. Um, or we're able to heal, resolve, and we move on and we pick someone who is more compatible um, and, and better for us. So there's a number of outcomes that can ensue from whatever decisions we make in the moment. So we have to be very careful about a couple of things. Um, when we're in significant pain, initially after discovery, um, there, are, there are potentially more useful ways to support ourselves in that. And then there's some, even though we've got an intention to reestablish trust and to heal, there are ways we can go about that that actually take us in the other direction. Um, so it's, and it's, and again, it's, it's not easy to do, but if we're asking for details from our partner um, and they're willing to offer those details up, and if we're then attacking them viciously and crushing them, and you might have every right to react angrily, but um, but again, we're talking about what's in the best interests of you long term. If, if we're attacking somebody in a moment of honesty um, and they're sharing with us their transgressions, um, ideally, we want to encourage to keep that space of openness going, especially if we're looking to recover. Um, so that we're trying as best as we can not to attack and punish in the moments where the person is is you know sharing um we are not trying to prematurely force ourselves through the emotions um or prematurely trying to forgive these things will come back and get us later you know we we need to be acknowledge our grief and despair you know because the fantasy of what we thought we had what we thought was our relational reality has turned out to not be the case um Perhaps for the most part, we've gone through a period of relational stability um, and a sense of orderliness in the world in terms of what we believed our relationship was like. And then all of a sudden we have found out something that's completely different and it throws us into chaos. You know, it it throws our beliefs up. It it, it throws our ability to kind of get a, a good read on reality. It throws our, you know, issues of trust up. And and mountains of other things, our our, um, effectiveness as a lover, our effectiveness as a partner, there's a lot of things that suddenly get thrown into a space of chaos. Um, And then the pain, the anger, the grief, all of those things on top. Um, And the way that we ideally support ourselves through any phase of chaos and upheaval, because they are, you know, they come in many forms in life um, and are unavoidable from time to time, that we do our best, the best we can, to keep our foot in 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 order and stability. And what we mean by that is, you know, sometimes when people hear the devastating news, they stop eating, they don't sleep well, they start acting out, they start, you know, using alcohol and drugs excessively. Um, you know, we 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 step away from the things we actually most need, which is, you know, routine and self care. Um, So as much as you can, and even if you don't feel like it, the way in which you really do help yourself is continue to focus on those, you know, those self-care rituals um, that are now more important than ever. Um, At at a moment where you feel you least need love and you're in most doubt of yourself and your own value, these are the moments where we actually really need to be our most loving to self, our most compassionate for self. Um, so we're making room to grieve, we're making sure we're eating well, we're doing the best we can to sleep, um, to, to keep regular sleep patterns, we're, we're doing exercise, we're doing walking, we're doing meditation. If anything, our self-care rituals, our calming, stabilising rituals are needed more than ever because we need to be able to um, find space definitely to process our pain, but also as much as we can, how do we move through this with as much clarity as possible? Um, and if we can't get clarity yet, then we're we're making sure we don't make any big life decisions. Um, You know, we don't want to come out of reactivity. Um, And the way we support ourselves to be less reactive is we really um, commit to our our self-care rituals. So as much as possible, we're as strong in mind and body as we can be while we go through an extremely um, uh, tumultuous time emotionally um, and from the set of beliefs about the world and about relationships because at some stage this is going to pass, and ideally, if our intention is to come out the other side, with our present partner or not, but overall, I want to come through this stronger, um, healthier, and and whatever relationship is going to be next. How how will it? How specifically, as a result of this painful experience, my aim is to make sure that the next relationship is is even better than the one I've just had. You know. Um, And so what that means is, too, that we need to make sure that we've got good, non-reactive, non-shaming, non-side-taking support around us. Um, And that can be difficult because, like we've talked about in the previous episodes, society and individuals have very, very strong opinions about infidelity. Um, And so if we're going to people who are themselves unresolved or have very fixed, strong beliefs in that, then they're going to, their intention is to support you. But they can make it worse. You know, if they start kind of fixating on the on the on the third party, the, the, the person who your partner had the affair with, or they start fixating on your partner, or they start telling you, well, you know, you know, what to do, move them on. Um, you know, if they're gonna treat you like that, well, I wouldn't give it a second thought. Just get them out the door and never speak to them again. Um, so they're adding their own lack of resolution, they're adding their own lack of intensity onto you, which is only likely to make you more reactive and and put you deeper into the pain rather than being able to just sit with openness um, without taking sides um, and and just holding space sympathetically for you um, asking you what do you need what do you best need for me to support you um, and if you do you know need to vent then sure I'm, I'm doing that but I'm not you know I'm not adding fuel to the venting fire I'm just let I'm letting it instead of letting it build I'm, I'm holding space for you so you can dissipate it out of your system. I'm encouraging you to, you know, get healthy external support. You know, because again, our society has so many very strong opinions about infidelity, it's even difficult to get professional help that isn't agendaed, um, where, where, um So we have to be very careful about who we're talking to, but also we're making sure <coughs> that we're not hiding under a cloud of secrecy because we're ashamed and embarrassed of what's happened to us, or we're trying to preserve the reputation of our partner. Um, And that's where if society was a bit more um, open and embracing and effective around the way we saw infidelity, it would be easier to do that. Um, The other element here is the way in which we talk to our our partner about the transgression or transgressions. Um, When we're asking for openness, when we're asking for information, we can go after a lot of detail, um, but but Esther Perel, for example, who's a expert in infidelity and and couple uh, couple relationships and helping couples um, uh, repair from um, affairs, um, her idea is that we're better to ask um, about the meanings of the behaviours rather than the specifics. You know, because when we We'll, you know, we can sometimes take those specifics and we can make all kinds of horrendous movies in our mind about how much better this other person was than us, how all the things that, you know, how much our partner was enjoying this other person more than us and doing things with them that they'd never do with us. And, you know, there they are lying in bed laughing about us and, you know, whatever kind of stories um, and catastrophizations that we come up with in our own mind that don't actually help us to trust, they don't actually help us to repair Rather than questions like, you know, why why did you why did you do this now um, and not before? What what changed between us? You know, what what's missing between us that this was something that you thought you had to do? Um, well, you know within yourself? Where, where do you where do you feel that um, you know that you're not getting yourself topped up and your life force embraced and acknowledged? Um, so we're asking questions about. The motivation behind it, you know, were you thinking of me when you did these kinds of things? You know, it, it's, you know, and it's tough to be in a place of inquiry when we've got so much pain and anger behind us. But again, we're thinking about what we need to do for ourselves long term, um, because yes, we can vent um, and we we should, but in in safe ways um, uh, and in contained ways that help us to dissipate our anger, not um inadvertently fuel them. Um, And ideally we want to keep as much openness between ourselves and our partner as we as we possibly can while we talk through this. Um, And again, it takes us as long as it takes us. To please don't be forced into other people's ideas of how long it should take you to process um, the experience and and, you know you need to move on now. It's been two months. People are well intentioned, but obviously uh, you know most of the time very emotionally um, naive um, or it's inconvenient for them for you to still be talking about um, uh, this experience. Oh, good grief, you're still bringing that up. It's been three months. Um, so we're making sure that we're finding people who can hold space for us over a period of time who have no attachment to, they're not helping us to wind ourselves up more and, and um, Uh, you know ineffectually process our emotions but people who can hold space in safe non-shaming ways and and let us work our way through that Um, and again the other element if we're on the side of the transgressor um, the the, the challenge for the transgressor is to be the one who's responsible again um, Esther Perel's directives here that I think are very good that if we were the one that had the affair we are responsible for continuing to bring it back up Because if we're feeling guilt and pain about what we did, we have to have the courage to keep opening up those difficult conversations. We have to have the courage to watch how much our partner has been hurt, um, if we're intending on working through that and and coming out the other side. Because what can tend to we we can we can feel so guilty about what we've done, um, we can be so worried about what what people are going to think of us that inadvertently we can refuse to speak about it, or we can shut our partner down. Or for goodness' sake, can't you forgive me yet? Um, can't we move on? Um, and that's you know that's not your call. Um, you know it's 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 the call of of the person who who's um, been wounded, and the responsibility of the of the transgressor is to is to keep the attention going, keep the conversation open, um, and hold the space for the for for continuing to be proactive in the healing process, um, so that. You know, as as the transgressor, you're, from time to time, you're actively checking in and going, you know, would you like to talk a bit more about it? Um, is there some more questions you have? Um, you, you know, and, and we have to have the courage to um, be able to sit in the consequences of our choices, um, both in terms of what that's going to bring up for us emotionally and what that's going to bring up for our partner. But if we're not unable to do that, if we want to just shut it down and block it all out, it's going to come back and bite us later down the track. So it's a complex, complex issue with lots and lots of emotion behind it. Um, and insofar as we're able, we're setting the intention to be able to when it, when or if th- this um, experience arrives in our relationship, you know, how do we move through it in a way that on the other side, we are better for the experience rather than wounded or it taints Every relational experience going forward, um, and and if we've got our mind on the future there, and same, a, a lot of this comes from having while the relationship is healthy, while the relationship is good, we're we're bringing up these difficult conversations and talking about them and getting some frameworks before we ever actually need them, because it's very hard to figure out a creative way forward when we're in high pain and high reactivity. We're very unlikely to have a really good strategy going forward um, compared to if we've had a discussion and we've got some framework, you know, while the relationship is healthy. I remember with an ex-partner, you know, we had a plan for what would happen and how would we behave if our relationship didn't go the distance. Um, and when that did happen, that that um, uh, we, we we simply just you know the romance died and we, we became friends. So it wasn't a you know an an extremely overly reactive ending. It still had moments of flare up, but we'd already had the conversation about what what specifically we would do if we got to a point. Um, so that made it a lot easier. Um, to simply take those steps and end the relationship as amicably as possible. Um, Because like I said, um, it's not about whether we stay or or we don't. And again, please don't be influenced by the views of others. That really is about the couple working out what's best for them. Um, And like I said, getting good, supportive, non-agended support around you. Um, And... From there, um, it really is about if we are going to stay together, how do we, how do we, you know, utilize this experience to be even stronger going forward? And for some couples, that's an absolute possibility, and for others, it isn't. There's no attachment to, you know, success or failure, whether we stayed together or we didn't. It's more about, you know, what kind of person am I when I come through this? And you know, am I somebody who's learned? Who's healed? Who's recovered? And it's not going to taint my next set of experiences. So I hope this is uh, this series on affairs um, offers you some insight and support um, in in you know either a preactive approach to um, the possibility, or for those of you who are unfortunate enough to have had the experience, or you know are still in recovery, um, that this offers some insight and some value to you. And as always, um, for those who've been listening along with the show uh, right the way through the process, my profoundest thanks and gratitude. Um, If you've just joined us, I hope you find the episode valuable. The way you support the show is go to iTunes, download, subscribe and leave a five star review as it helps the reach of this program. And I'm very uh, passionate about getting resources to people to help people have better quality lives. Um, and I'm also, this program is available on Podbean, Stitcher and at the website training.com.au. I'm also available for one-to-one coaching. I do um, in-house and public trainings around all kinds of human dynamics relative to business and personal life. And then there's also the YouTube channel, Sean Healy, the Relationship Resourcing Series. Um, so pop over, subscribe and check us out on YouTube too. Um But I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Until next time, bye for now.